You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Thanks for joining us again. And if you're watching on Sunday morning, let me say a happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. And if you're not watching on Sunday morning, then a belated Mother's Day to the rest of you. This being Mother's Day, even though we're in the middle of a sermon series, I did want to share a sermon based on a mother. Now, there are a lot of moms to choose from in the Bible. The one we selected was Ruth. If you've ever heard a sermon on Ruth, you probably didn't hear a Mother's Day sermon on Ruth. And if you ever heard her story, you probably aren't thinking about Mother's Day. But just hold on, we'll get there, okay? So now the story begins in the book that bears her name, Ruth. It begins right there, Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. And and we see Elimelech and Naomi, a man and his wife, and they have two sons. There's a famine that comes to Judea. They live in Bethlehem or that area. And so they end up having to leave to go somewhere where there's enough food to feed the family. They end up in Moab. While they're in Moab, Elimelech dies. And Elimelech and Naomi's two sons, they get married. They marry a couple of the local girls there. And and, uh, sometime after that, about 10 years or so, these boys also die and they don't have any children. So now what we have is we've got Naomi and she's in Moab without any family around her. The only people she really knows are these two daughters-in-law that she's picked up there. And so it's just the three of them all alone, three widows, three childless widows. Now, this is where really the story kind of picks up. I mean, we get this little bit of background and here's where the story picks up. And this is kind of a kind of a dark place for these three ladies, isn't it? I mean, it's a a place. I mean, if, if you were to draw their picture, I mean, they would be a symbol you know, of, of emptiness and of loneliness, of hurt, of loss, of death, all of these things in their life. And so that's where we find them. And um, I want to I say a prayer right now here early on in this message, because um, I know that there are some of you that you're in a place like that also. You're in an empty place, a place of loss. You've experienced some things here recently. I know we have three families in our church that have experienced death during this uh, quarantine time. And it was so tough on the families. They didn't get to have that normal funeral and uh, they didn't get to say goodbye as they usually would. They'd get to have friends around them. So there's a lot of things going on. A lot of people struggling with a lot of things. And I just want to say a prayer. And then as we get into the rest of this message, just kind of set this up also. So pray with me for a moment, if you will. Father, I love you and thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your strength. And I thank you for your healing power. And we need all of those things, God, right now. Because there are so many, God, that are struggling with so many things in their life right now. And God, I pray for light. I pray for joy. I pray for all those things that we need from you to return into all those lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so now... Let's pick up the story. So what's Naomi going to do? Three childless widows in Moab. Well, Naomi decides to go back home. So she returns back to her family in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. You've heard that before, haven't you? 
I meant there's something going on around December that we relate to Bethlehem, right? Hang on to that thought because that's kind of important a little later. You might make a connection as we get there. So Naomi is going to go back. And so one of her daughters-in-law named Orpah, she kisses Naomi, says her goodbyes, and she goes back to her father's house. Now we don't know anything about Orpah before this time. All we know is that she married one of Naomi's sons and then he died at an early age. And now she's having to decide what to do. She decides to go back to her father's house. Now I don't know anything about what life was like back at her father's house, but it's got me thinking just about going back and watching so many people go back. I can't tell you the number of people that have come to me for help but I couldn't help them because they couldn't let go of yesterday. I, I think as I, as I read this story and think about Orpah, I think so many times about young ladies that I've seen, even in abusive situations, that God shows up and somehow miraculously delivers them from uh, the relationship that they're in, but then after a while, they return back to it. And even though it's a bad situation, a lot of times because you don't know what the future looks like, the future seems more scary than what you know that you're going back into. But can I just remind you of something? That your future is not behind you. Your future is always in front of you. Your future is always something to go toward, not to turn back to. I think that's something Orpah didn't realize, and, and she's going to miss out on something really awesome and amazing, because the other lady in this story, Naomi, Orpah, and now Ruth, she does something different. And in chapter 1, verse 15, the book of Ruth, Naomi talks to Ruth and tries to get Ruth to also return to her father's house. But here's what Naomi says, look. Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people. And note this, she says, and her gods follow her back home. So it's interesting to me that Naomi mentions two things that Orpah is returning to, her family and her gods. Now, in Moab, they had a lot of gods. But this is what Naomi said, Ruth, as you return, go back to your family, and you can go back to your gods. But Ruth decided not to do that. Instead of looking back at where she had come from as a comfortable or a safe place or, or a place where she could uh, find maybe something that was familiar to her, she realized that she needed to keep moving forward. Perhaps she realized that, and once you've been married for 10 years or so, once you become a widow, you can't go back and be 16 and single again. Sometimes I think we all need to remember those kinds of things is you can't ever really go back to that. And so you know what Ruth said? In the very next verse, Ruth replies to Naomi, Do not urge me to leave you or to turn from following you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And get this, she says, your God will be my God. You see, this was a truth a few moments ago that I shared with you about how your future is not behind you. That, and it's a truth in so many parts of our lives. It's a, it's a relationship truth. It's an emotional truth, but it's a spiritual truth also is that your future is not behind you. You got to keep on moving forward. You got to keep on pressing toward that. And what Ruth realized 
is that her future, her awesome future, the best she could have in the future lay in following after and getting close to Naomi's God and his people. Can I say that again in, in a little different way? That the most awesome future lies in getting close to God and his people. How in the world did Ruth already know that? I know that may be your argument with me. Like, well, she didn't know that. Maybe she did because maybe there was something in this mother-in-law, Naomi. Maybe there was something in her. Maybe Ruth had watched her and, and, and all the things that she did in her life and realized what an awesome lady she was. And maybe that's what made Ruth realize this is someone I need to follow. And so let me encourage you. I know we're kind of talking about Ruth today, but moms, let me encourage you. And not just moms, dads too. But let's, let's, let's go for that. Let's target that in our lives to be someone that someone else would look at us and say, I want the God that you serve. I want to be around the people that are like you because this is what Ruth did. And everything about Ruth's life changed when she said, your God will be my God. When she started chasing after Naomi's God, when she left behind everything in her past, when she left behind all of that pain, all that hurt, all of that emptiness, when she left behind everything that was comfortable to her, and she said, your God is going to be my God. And she started chasing after God. That's when everything turned around. Because she realized her awesome future lay in getting close to that God and his people. And so what was this awesome future? Well, the next three chapters tell us in the book, Ruth 2, 3, and 4, it is probably the most awesome love at first sight story in the whole Bible. Okay, and she meets Boaz and she falls in love. And I mean true love. I don't know what her relationship was with Naomi's son, but she has true love with him and he has true love for her. I mean, it's just awesome. You read the story. The link is, is in the sermon notes. Just an awesome story. Just those three, three chapters. Your, your kids, if you've got kids at home, they would even love hearing that story. I dare you to just read it. An awesome story. She finds true love. She finds provision, and, and this may not seem like a big deal to me and you, but, but when she lost her, her husband and she lost her father-in-law, lost her homeland and all that, she didn't know what the future was going to hold for her. And so to, to, to just know that she was going to have somebody provide for her and not just barely provide, she became a rich woman when she married Boaz, and she got a home. She didn't have a home anymore. I mean, she was living with her mother-in-law with a bunch of family that she had never met before she gets to Bethlehem. But now she's got a home. You know, uh, all these things, right, that she finds, love, provision, and home, two out of three would be pretty good, right? But she got them all in Boaz. And I think most of the sermons I've ever heard on Ruth kind of wrap up right there. But she got so much more than that. Because we also read on at the end of chapter four about Obed. Now, who is Obed? Obed is her little boy. Now, when you read the story in uh, Ruth chapter four and you see where Ruth and Boaz get married, as you read it, it says that, that uh, they had relations and she becomes pregnant and she gives birth to this little boy. I mean, if you didn't know anything, if you didn't know any better, you'd kind of think that all happened in a matter of days. 
We don't know that she got pregnant immediately. We don't know how long that lasted. We do know that it was at least nine months. Sometimes when, when we, we look at other people's lives or we hear other people's stories, we kind of think they, you know, all the blessings happen without any struggles. Well, look, we already know Ruth had a lot of struggles, right? And when this happened, we don't know if it happened in a hurry or not. But we know most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time we end up waiting for good things to happen in our life. And it's in those times that we have to just keep charging forward, keep pressing forward. Remember what we decided, that we decided my future lies in getting close to God and getting close to his people. And so however long that took, or maybe however long it's taking for you, because I know some of you have some dreams in your life that haven't happened yet. I want to pray over those things in just a couple of minutes because I feel your pain. I understand what you're going through with that. But understand, sometimes it just takes a while. Even though we read these Bible stories, we think, man, it happened like that, and it doesn't happen that quick, okay? So just hang in there, all right? Because that wasn't the end of her story either. Do you know who her great-grandson was? Her great-grandson, and probably at her age, she didn't live long enough to see him, but maybe she did, we don't know. But her great-grandson was David. Yeah, that David. The one who, who watched his father's sheep, the one who uh, killed the giant Goliath, the one who became the, really the champion of Israel. And then when God needed a king to replace King Saul, God chose David because this is what God said about David. He said himself that David is a man after my own heart. This was the great grandson of Ruth. Now, I mean, just think about it, backing up into the story and thinking about where she was. And, and then she makes this decision that she's going to get close to God and close to his people. And then boom, 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 all these things just start falling in place in her life. She begins to just see miracle after miracle. And, and David, the man after God's own heart, David, the champion of Israel, David, the mighty king. And it doesn't end there, does it? No, because David's son, Solomon, well, that's her great, great grandson, right? And Solomon, and then his sons, and on and on, like, like uh, Jehoshaphat, and Hezekiah, and Josiah. I mean, her lineage actually became a lineage of kings, where, where we all have kids and grandkids. She had kids and grandkids, but her grandkids, and great-grandkids, and great-great-grandkids, they became the kings of Israel. Her line became a royal line. I just want you to see and understand that all of that negative, all of that darkness, all of that emptiness, all of, all of the pain and the struggles that she went through, God turned all of that around. And it, and it looks like he did it in such a quick time. And he turned all that around, but that's still not the end of the story. 30 generations down. Now that's a long time. 30 generations. I mean, who's thinking anymore about about families in 30 generations. Well, the Jews do. They think in those terms. And that's why they kept these kinds of records and they know this. 30 generations down, her great, 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 however many it was, grandson was a man named Joseph. And we read about Joseph in Matthew chapter one. He's engaged to a young lady named Mary who becomes the mother of Jesus. Yes, this is part of Ruth's lineage. This is part of her family tree. 
I mean, this didn't just end with a love story. This didn't just end with one baby. This ended with kings and, and kings and kings. And then finally, the king of kings. So you could say that when, when, when Ruth made this decision to get close to God and close to God's people because she felt like that's where her future was, that in her future was the Savior of the universe, Jesus Christ. Isn't that an awesome thought? That in her future was Jesus Christ. Now, hang on to that thought for just a moment, okay? Because I want to ask you a question and kind of, kind of come back to that a little bit. So what is it you need? What are you concerned about? What is it you need out of life right now? Or what is it that you desire more than life itself right now? Because I want to pray with you about that. But you need to understand something. My prayers can't do a whole lot if you're working against them. I mean, one of the things we need to do is we need to agree in prayer. You know, and say it right now. What is it that you need? Say it, say it under your breath if you need to or just in your heart. But say that. But it's also one of the reasons we really encourage you to let us know if you've got a prayer need so that we can pray together for the same thing. Because there's going to be a lot more happen when we too agree about anything. Because scripture tells us that's when God hears us and he does those things. But it takes a little more than that. It takes another step. Because you need to also align your actions with our prayers. If me and you, if we're praying over something, you need to align your actions with our prayers. For example, if you and I are praying that you can lose weight, but you're going to stop at Krispy Kreme every time the hot now sign is on, not going to do a whole lot of good for us to pray. So you have to align your actions with what you're praying for. So what is it you want? Because the lesson from Ruth, I believe, is this, that no matter what your past is, you have to make sure Jesus is in your future. No matter what you've dealt with behind, make sure Jesus is in your future. Not just in your present, not just this moment, but make a choice to chase him, make a choice to be close to him and close to his people for the rest of your life. That's where you're going to find the answer to your prayers. So now let's pray over those. And if you've never started following Jesus, this would be a great time to do so. In this prayer right now, choose, just like Ruth did, that I'm going to follow after God, that this God is going to be my God, and his people are going to be my people. Let's pray. God, I thank you again for salvation, for forgiveness of our sins, and God, for how you take our empty lives, you take our pain, you take our sorrow, you take our suffering, you take even our mistakes, Lord, and you wipe them away and turn everything around to give us awesome lives, to give us awesome futures. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here today that they're just now deciding for the very first time in their life that they're choosing to chase after you, God, show them, God, what a great, awesome future that they will have in their life. I pray, God, for those that are struggling, Lord, with whatever the needs are in their life. I pray for those who have, who have wanted something for so long, God, that they've almost lost the passion for it. God, help them not to lose that desire to have this awesome thing in their life because, Lord, your word tells us you dream those things for us too. You want us to have 
the awesome in our life. That Jesus didn't just come so that we could have a life, but an abundant life, a life that is full. And so Lord, I pray for whatever the needs are. And God, is, as people share them with us today, God, and, and the prayer team joins with us, God, I believe you and ask you, God, to accomplish those things. God, for fear, Lord, I pray for peace. God, for hurt, I pray for healing. God, for financial needs, I pray for financial blessings because you've already provided for every one of those things. Thank you, God, for our moms today. Thank you, Lord, for what they have meant to us. And Lord, I pray for every mom in our church, in our families, in our communities, every mom listening, that they could be somewhat like Naomi, to be that example that makes others, especially their own children, say, I want the God that my mom has. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.